Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Could Aaron Donald actually be retiring from football this offseason? Why this might look like the best Boston Celtics playoff run, but it isn't. And the worst call in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs was made in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Aaron Donald is arguably the best player in football. One of the best football players we have ever seen. The question is, how much longer are we going to see him with now the rumors of his retirement ramping up after he went on a podcast and said that he would be at peace with moving on, that he wants a new contract to figure out his future. Joining me now from Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers. I don't know if there if he still has champagne in his bloodstream from from February. Uh, we will we will see when we when we get into this. Uh, Travis, what did you make of the comments that Aaron Donald had that that hinted that this could be it for him? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things going on here, and, and maybe a little bit of it is me being a Rams fan and wanting to look at this in the most optimistic light, and maybe it's just the the cold hard facts of it all. Here, here's what people are asking me to believe for him not to play football. You're telling me that the Rams, who have paid everybody, are going to draw the line at Aaron Donald in the middle of his prime? That seems far-fetched <laughs> to me. The second part of it is, is Aaron Donald is, like you said, the best defensive player in the league, the best player at his position, closing in to make a pretty good argument for one of the greatest defensive players ever. He's on a team that has a really good chance to go back to the Super Bowl if things break the right way, and he's going to tap the mat to go do something else? Both of those things are going to happen. I find it very unlikely. I mean, he's negotiating. He wants more money, which I completely understand. The Rams have been a history of paying just about everybody that they negotiate with. Um, and certainly they're very good players, whether it's Gurley or Goff or Stafford or Aaron Donald the first time. They'll get this done. I, I am not worried. And it could go right up to the start of the season before I'd really start to sweat it. So, okay, I, I think most people are in agreement. We're going to see Aaron Donald this season. The Rams are going to figure this out. Then the question becomes, Okay, how much longer are we going to see Aaron Donald? And what is the plan post Aaron Donald? Because a lot of this all-in mentality in L.A. from Les Snead, Sean McVay from ownership, is centered around the fact that they have this sui generis defensive player. So then, how do they, how would they have to pivot? So how does this change the fact that the end looks like it's near? How does this change the way that you think they have to maneuver this roster moving forward? We had Les Snead on my radio show right after they won the Super Bowl. And we asked that question a little bit differently, but just, you know, how how going all in and the F them picks and all these things that <laughs> Les Snead has become known for. Like, how often do you do this? And, and he said something that I think applies to your question, which is you need to know where you are in your window. And the window is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's the window. And the window is still open right now. I think Aaron Donald understands that. So I think they're going to do whatever they can to make him happy. I think Aaron Donald wants to win more Super Bowls because to the second part of your question, without him, I don't know what they are because he he is such a powerful presence on the field, in the locker room, inside the organization that I think he's really the only player in the league that you could look at as somebody who might be more important than your quarterback. And I still, we were talking about this on my show too. Like if you could take, oh, you could only have Donald or Stafford. Who do you take? 
that that's an actual conversation I think speaks to the value of him on your team. And I think he's the only defensive player that does that. I think the Rams know that. I think they're going to do what they need to do. Aaron Donald loves to play football. I think he's going to play right up until he's not one of the best players in the league, and he still is. I, I do think it's also worth noting here. Reggie White has one Super Bowl. Lawrence Taylor has two. If you're talking about the best defensive players ever, that's probably your Mount Rushmore. J.J. Watt has zero if he's in that mix. So getting to two might be an enormous thing for Aaron Donald. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Coming up, the Boston Celtics have made an improbable run through these NBA playoffs, beating down superstar after superstar, but it isn't the best that Celtics fans or the NBA has seen. I love brownies, but you know what I love just as much, maybe more, is the batter. There is something truly special about that spatula dipped in the batter that you just dumped into your pan, you put the pan in the oven, and now you've got that spatula. Sometimes that is the thing I look forward to the most. And it also signifies that you have completed the journey of the making. Now you just have to wait for them to cook. Imagine if you could get that sensation, but it was actually something you could feel good about putting into your body. That's what Built has done with the new brownie batter puff. You heard me right. The brownie batter puff. Go to built.com and check these things out. 17 grams of protein, but just 140 calories. These things are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can enjoy eating healthy and have some real fun with it with collagen protein that is more easily absorbed by your body than other bars. Go to built.com and get brownie batter puffs now. That's built.com with the promo code LOCKED15 just for being a Locked On Podcast Network listener and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Former Dallas Cowboys and Chicago Bears running back Marion Barber III has died at the age of 38, the Cowboys said in a statement on Wednesday. We are heartbroken by the tragic death of Marion Barber III, the team said. Marion was an old-school, hard-nosed football player who ran with the will to win every down. He had a passion for the game and a love for his coaches and teammates. Our hearts go out to Marion's family and friends during this difficult time. The cause of Barber's death is unknown. The Brooklyn Nets made a bet that the Philadelphia 76ers will be worse next year. The Nets are deferring acquisition of the 76ers 2022 first round pick at number 23 to the 23 NBA draft, the pick they acquired in the James Harden trade. Deferring the pick allows the Nets to keep flexibility over an extended period on using that pick in potential trades and gives them a roll of the dice that the pick could land higher on the draft board next year based on the success of the Sixers upcoming season. Considering we don't know if James Harden is going to be on that team, what the health of Joel Embiid is going to be, seems like a pretty solid gamble. This does mean that the Nets will be without a first-round pick since they traded theirs to the Houston Rockets for, guess who, James Harden. 
the New York Rangers absolutely dominated the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Finals as they continue to prove that they are just a really good hockey team. Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? John Chuck the Blackdown, New York Rangers. The Rangers just wrapping up a convincing 6-2 series opening win over the Tampa Bay Lightning in Madison Square Garden in Game 1 here. Nice to see the Rangers actually, you know, have a lead in a series before the series ends. That's kind of cool. We're not really used to being in that position, at least not this year, as New York Ranger fans. But yeah, again, you know, I'll say what I said after the Game 7 win against the Canes. The Rangers are a damn good hockey team. And if you're not, you know, on board with that, if you don't think that that's the case, if you're one of those people that just kind of scours the internet and tries to find some kind of a pie chart or something that will tell you that the Rangers aren't any good, hey, more power to you, do what you gotta do. But if you watch this team play, you realize there's not really a glaring weakness on this entire roster. And one of the biggest names in Major League Baseball has been rumored to be available as the trade deadline nears, but his general manager squashed those rumors on Wednesday. Mike Rizzo says the Washington Nationals will not trade Juan Soto, insisting instead that the club intends to build around the superstar outfielder. Soto is eligible to become a free agent after the 2024 season while he will still be just 25 years old. The former National League batting champion said earlier this year he declined a 13-year $350 million contract from the Nats before this past winter's lockout. That means he's going to get more. Amazing. And the San Diego Padres were so close to avoiding the sweep at the hands of the St. Louis Cardinals. So, so close. He was right there. It was so close. What's up, everybody? Javier Reyes here of the Lockdown Padres podcast. As evidenced by my screech at the beginning there, uh, Robinson Cano, top of the ninth inning, 5-2 Cardinals lead, almost, almost, almost maybe got a little bit, tiny bit close to a grand slam to give the Padres the lead. Unfortunately, that as well as the Luke Voigt solo home run obviously was not enough, and the Padres get swept by the Cardinals. This is exactly what I was saying on the podcast that, you know, the series against the Giants was what the Padres were at capable of at best, but then this series was what they were capable of at worst, and in my opinion, the Cardinals pitch is fine but not incredible and the Padres offense didn't really show up and that was bad he had a Manny Machado ejection the other day it's just not looking good uh, for the Padres Darvish looked okay Snell looked pretty okay yesterday that's not the issue the issue is that they can't score enough runs uh, whatsoever and it's not gonna get easier for their offense as they have to head up to Milwaukee to face the Brewers and then they face the Mets so uh yeah don't give up obviously but uh Tatis we really miss you man we really do here is another story you need to know. The Golden State Warriors are minus 150, the favorites in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Joining me now, Robert Ori, seven-time NBA champion, is here courtesy of Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for all the up-to-date lines on the NBA Finals, Finals MVP, Finals props, and each and every game line. There has also been this discussion now, especially among Celtics fans, about what this Celtics team has had to face what particularly who had Jason Tatum has had to face Kevin Durant in the first round Giannis Antetokounmpo in the second round Jimmy Butler on a heater no pun intended for Miami and now Steph Curry you're talking about at least three pantheon guys guys who are all-time great players who do you think has the most on the line legacy wise in this series for whom would that one title you won seven who would that one title mean the most for? You know, I'm, I'm going to go off script a little bit. And, and, and I, 
I'm going to stop people from thinking this is going to be the greatest run ever by the Celtics. That's not true because you got Hornet set Carmelo. You got Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley. You got Dennis Rodman, uh, MVP, David Robinson. Then you got Shaquille and Penny. Now that is the greatest run in, back in 95. So when people say this might be the greatest run, stop it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because all these teams was 50, you know, 55, 50 plus win teams. And so I just think if you, if you look at this game and you have to pick an MVP, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be it Tatum, but this run that the Celtics are on is incredible. You know, don't get me wrong because they've been able to win on the road, which is key because you have to win on the road in order to win championship. That's if, unless you have home court advantage and you protect your home court. But I just think overall, when you look at the makeup of these two teams, they're similar. You know, Golden State Warriors, they were the Celtics six, seven years ago when they first entered the playoffs. And nobody thought they could win a championship. Next thing you know, they win a championship. In the following season, they win all these games and don't win a championship. And then they get KD and they win two more. But I think if you look at the Celtics, there are so there are so many similarities with these teams that people are always going to say, oh, let's go with the veteran leadership. Let's go with the fan favorite and Steph. You know, this thing, this thing about because everybody wants Steph to win because we know he got robbed one time with the MVP in the finals. And then he's take, he took a step back and let KD come in to his team, which is Steph's team, and take two MVPs. And so I, 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 I do think Steph has a lot to prove, and his legacy is on the line when it comes to this because, you know, all the chatter now is about him not having an MVP in the finals, which we all know he was robbed of one, so let's, let's be real about that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at these MVP odds as you're talking about the MVP and and we expect Curry and Tatum right at the top in terms of the odds. You're not getting really good value there. I'm looking at Jalen Brown, 10 to one. I'm looking at Draymond 22 to one. Like if he really turned it up defensively, people forget in that game seven against the Cavs, he had a triple double in that game. He was the best warrior on the floor in that game. I'm looking at Marcus smart at 40 to one. It seems like you're, you can get some good value and we've seen, including in this Warriors run, that it's not always the stars who win these finals MVPs. It's true. You know, for me, if if I wanted to take the odds, I'm, I'm going to eliminate the top three automatically. And I don't I don't think Clay is, you know, you know, Clay is a game five, game six type of player. But me, I would go with Andrew Wiggins. If I had to mm. pick someone with the odds, I would go with Andrew Wiggins, who is 20 to one. And think about it. He has started to come into his own. Yep. He after that dunk on, <laughs> on Luca, all of a sudden this dude is smiling big. He's he's enthusiastic. He's playing hard, and he's an all star. And I think some people forget he was an all star. I think this is a good way in the biggest stage to show everybody that the all star uh, committee didn't make a mistake. So if I had to take all the, because I don't think Draymond Green he don't shoot he doesn't shoot enough, and he's gonna have to guard too many people, so he's gonna be all over the board that. So if you look down that list of people and you want to say, oh, odds maker, for me, I would take Andrew Wiggins 20 to 1. Coming up, what was behind the worst call in Stanley Cup playoff history in game one of the Western Conference Finals? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Let's look at some props for game one of the NBA Finals. The Warriors are favored slightly to make the game's first three pointer. Bet Online has Golden State minus 126 to drain that first three as opposed to Boston's odds, minus 107. The Warriors are already favored to win the race to 20 points. But online likes Golden State with the odds at minus 136 to get to 20 before Boston. And whether the Celtics and Warriors will both score 100 plus or not has the same odds. Bet online has odds on a yes or a no bet 
at minus 114. Bet online where the game starts. Game one of the Stanley Cup Western Conference Finals was replete with fireworks. I mean, both teams scored 14 combined goals. The Edmonton Oilers had a chance at a different game taken away by an offside call earlier in the matchup. That call set off Brett Holden of Locked On Oilers. That offside call in game one of the Western Conference Finals on Kale McCarr's third goal at the end of the first period for the Colorado Avalanche was the single worst call in NHL Stanley Cup history. It was. It was. In playoff history. Now, I understand a lot of people are going, well, he wasn't touching the puck, so it wasn't possession. (sighs) Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Kale McCarr had nine-tenths of the possession of that puck. In fact, Kale McCarr had possession of that puck since before the face-off dot. In fact, Kale McCarr had so much possession of that puck that he was able to take almost four strides with the puck before that puck went into the zone. So you're going to tell me genuinely from the genuine, genuine unbiased position that Kale McCarr did not have possession of the puck going into the offensive zone? Are you kidding me? I don't care if he pushed that puck two feet ahead of him. He had possession of the puck as nobody, nobody in a white jersey was anywhere any freaking close to Kale McCarr. Nobody. The closest oiler to Kale McCarr on that play was Mike Smith. Is Mike Smith now all of a sudden in possession of the puck? You're telling me that he has the wherewithal in his head to somehow realize that, oh, okay, he's offside. I might as well, ooh, I don't have possession of it. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. Are you kidding me? I want to just say chef's kiss, no notes. Because I don't know how I follow that. But I also think it is true. Even in playoff games that are decided by the smallest of margins. That you have to be beyond reproach in these situations. You cannot leave the game in the hands of the officials. It doesn't matter the sport. And so if you can't do that, then... These things can turn on a trifle and the whims of officials can't be how these games are decided. Now, from a league standpoint, you don't want these calls to decide the games. You want the play on the ice to decide the outcome. We wish that were true more often in the NBA and the NHL, in Major League Baseball, in every sport seemingly, except in tennis where they have a great review system. This is the kind of situation you just want to try to avoid. But even then, that's always out of your control because the officials are going to do what the officials do. The only solution is to just score more goals. And that's a lot easier said than done and a lot easier from my chair than skating on the ice. And finally, 
One of the bigger stories in Major League Baseball at this early stage of the season doesn't involve baseball at all. Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy Pham slapped San Francisco Giants outfielder Jock Peterson in the face before game over a nine-month-old fantasy football dispute. And this story, oh my God, it has only gotten better as we have unraveled the layers of it. Pham was suspended three games for his antics, but the story doesn't stop there. Pham has since thrown another player under the bus for the fantasy football dispute, and that player is none other than superstar Mike Trout, who was commissioner of the league. He's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports, Pham said. Every commissioner I know always gets booed, was Trout's reply. There is no job as thankless, at least in everyday life, as fantasy football commissioner. Fake job. Let's say fake job, because there are plenty of jobs that are that thankless. But fake job. It's not a real job to be a fantasy football commissioner. And I bet Mike Trout won't do it again. I know I won't. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball, the play-in tournament, to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up Friday, we recap game one of the NBA finals. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.